This is episode 44 with chief of all things over at Light Up Work, Jess Critchlow. Welcome to Pencil Leadership. My name is Chris Anderson, success and lifestyle coach, and this show is to help you begin building a life of fulfillment and to leave a positive mark on the world. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Now take out your pencils and let's begin. All right, guys, super excited to have Jess Critchlow on the show today. She is the chief of all things over at Light Up Work, uh, and this is where she helps professionals finally reach their big career goals, uh, do the work they love, and ultimately make money by making real change in their confidence and interpersonal skills. Now, she has over a decade of experience working with individuals and organizations, running training programs, coaching and consulting on workplace improvement initiatives across dozens of industries and countries. She's a TEDx speaker who is crazy about getting into super geeky conversations about confidence, learning, and business with anyone and everyone. Jess, welcome to the show today. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me because I get to have a super geeky conversation with yes, you absolutely. about business and TEDx sure. and leadership and all the things. So I'm excited. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. It's, I think this is another great topic that uh, we haven't had yet. And so it's awesome to talk about like the TEDx and confidence yes. and everything that comes yes. with that. So um, I would love though, if you would just kind of start, and I do this with every guest, just kind of start, share your story if you would, or what part you want to and how you got to where you are today. Sure. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I am a, I am an ex corporate drone and, and let me be clear. So I spent over a decade in corporate and I actually really enjoyed it. Like I'm not self-employed because I hated my career. I'm self-employed for lots of reasons, but it, it wasn't because of that. Like I loved the, the people I got to see every day. Um, I liked going in and being part of a team. So, so that is what I did. And I, um, probably about, I'd say about eight years ago now, I had a real sort of professional identity crisis of like, what, what am I really doing? And am I using my best skills? And, and I kept thinking confidence was this thing that would just happen as my career Mm -hmm. unfolded. And it wasn't what I was seeing. And more than that, I was in a role where I was working with doing a lot of leadership um, coaching and training. And I was working with these people who'd been leaders for four decades and they didn't have the confidence that I thought would naturally come. So I was like, okay, oh no, <laughs> what's happening here? Like, yeah. Where does this come? So anyway, so dove down the rabbit hole as I'm sure you, you know, you have done too of professional development, right, Chris? So coaching, yeah. mentoring, seminars, training, workshops, podcasts, uh, Buddhist retreat in the woods, uh, <laughs> like you name you name it. And I probably did it to try to like uh, unpick this, like how, what is my career supposed to be and how do I get there and how do I have mm. the confidence to do it? So dove down all those things. Um, and yeah, and it opened up a whole world of doing um, coaching and interpersonal skills training. And I did that in my corporate life. And then about four years ago, I formally started my business. I dabbled awesome. for a few years before that here and yeah. there, and then I'd get burnt out and go back and all the things. But yeah, so about four years ago, um, really focusing in on um, at the beginning of my business, working with leaders and small businesses on all the, mm. basically the same thing I did in my corporate role and doing it um, 
doing it self-employed. And then about almost a year ago, I love working with the leaders that I've worked with and the small businesses I've got to work with. And there was still something missing. And the piece that I loved about my corporate life that I didn't get to do anymore was working with really high potential, fantastic individuals who just didn't quite have like the confidence piece and the interpersonal skills piece. So they're a great graphic designer, but when it came time to pitching an idea, they were like, I just, I mean, do the, um, uh, I'm going to go to the bathroom. (laughs) So so that was the piece I was missing. So I've added that into the work I do. And, oh, it's just so much fun. Yes. That's awesome. So, and, and your business is light up work. So Mm -hmm. what's that all entail? Yeah. So it's interesting, by the way, when I started my business, I was living in England and I had to register the company before I could spend money as like a tax deductible spend. So I, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to (laughs) do, but I know I love bringing like a lighter energy, like fun, um, really to work because there's this myth that we have that work. If something's important, it has to be boring and serious and like, right. And, and that's not what I've seen as success. Um, and that's not what I've experienced. So I was like, I know I want to do something to bring more fun and play and joy to our work. Cause it can be those things. I don't know yet what that looks like, but lighting up work, light up work. Okay. That's a, that's a business that doesn't exist yet in England. I can register that. Yeah. So that's where that came from. And so, yeah, at the moment, what that mostly is, is a lot of one-to-one work with leaders and those high, high potential people I talked about who are ready for the next step in their career. They just need a little bit of oomph to get them there. Yeah. Um, and then it's working with some, some small businesses as well, still with interpersonal skills, training, team building workshops. How did you go about like creating the structure of light up work for these individuals? Is it like, is it kind of like a cookie cutter, but you can stray away a little bit or how does it look? Such a good question. (sighs) Yeah. And it's interesting, isn't it? Cause this is my fourth year now and it it has shifted and changed and Mm -hmm. quite a bit as I've learned what I enjoy doing and where I do my best work, because, you know, and Chris, I'm sure you, you've experienced this. I'm sure. I think you're going to nod with me where you, I like, you know, I've got a worksheet and I write out my ideal client and I map out the thing. And then I put it on my website and I think done. And then I do it. And I'm like, Oh, I don't really enjoy this. (laughs) So hang on now I got to. So for me, it's been an iteration of like, being strategic and intentional about it, but yeah. then trying it on, I'm like, no, I don't like that. And next and next. So at the moment where, where it, the iteration it is at, that's working really well is uh, I have two main offerings. So one is purely one-to-one. Uh-huh. I spend a ton of time and energy and love. Um, and that's more my, my higher priced program. Yeah. And that's a three month program of one-to-one, lots of love and attention um, and really challenging practical accountability I look at people's work. So if they need to go and pitch an idea either to a boss or an investor, I actually work with them on those projects. So that's okay. the sort of higher price one that I don't take on as many clients because it is so high touch. Yeah. And then the other work I do is called the confidence project. And that's tech. I, I call it, it's like a, it's a program. So yeah. there's a set three modules that people work through okay. and they go and do that. It's like a self-study. And then each cool. module has a coaching call with me. So you get both the set materials that I know works because I've been working with people on it for, you know, over a decade. And then we also get to go, you know, like one of the things we do a lot um, in the third module is feedback. Like, how do you, 
change your relationship to feedback, love it, ask for it, give it without breaking out into hives. Um, and with one of my clients, the whole third coaching session was like, no, I, no, no to feedback. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> let's, let's dive in. Yeah. So we use those calls for the specific challenge that person is having. Nice. I like that. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. It's always neat to, to come into contact with other coaches, people doing things like this yeah. and seeing their direction and what, like what you said, where I do my best work. So where people really kind of yeah. lean towards, because I mean, that's where we do our best is in our strengths and, mm-hmm. and where we enjoy things. And so mm-hmm. that's, I think that's really neat. And so you said light of work's been in about four years officially. Yes. 10 years in, in helping people just in yeah. general build. Yeah. Um, so when did the TEDx come into play with all this? Yeah. Oh. I'm so excited to talk to you about this because I think everyone, everyone should do a TEDx. And I know you're like, everyone? Yes. (laughs) Really, everyone. Because here's why is um, I made up, so Mm -hmm. I knew that the city that's near me, which is Windsor, Canada, I knew they had a TEDx program. Um, I knew it was, they were looking for, they applications were open because TEDx is by application. That's what people sometimes forget. Yes. Keynote speakers are invited at times, but, but the, the docket is by application. Cool. And I thought to myself, well, I don't know. Like I would go and talk about work. Like no one, no one wants to hear about work. And I made up that I didn't have something interesting to share. And, um, Mm. so that's step number one is anyone out there who's like, yeah, but my thing is like weight loss. Who wants to have another TEDx, but weight loss? Yes. Put it out there. Your version of it has not been done yet. Absolutely. Your version of it has not been done. Um, so that's one is don't get in your, like, don't self-select out. So I had met a contact locally. He was also self-employed. He's like, hey, I'm on the TEDx committee. Um, Your energy is great. I really think you should apply. Like the application ends on Friday. Our conversation was on Tuesday. He's like, I really, I'd really like to see your name in the initial applicants. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So (laughs) I was like, yeah, whatever. Sure. So here's the other thing that I'd say to anyone who's even, yeah. even somewhat thinking about doing a talk like that is I genuinely had no clue what my talk would be. <laughs> I didn't. That's I was awesome. like, okay, the applications do it four days. I had to fill in a huge online application that took me hours. And by then I was like, oh, I don't really want to do it anymore, but okay, <laughs> I'm halfway through. So I did that. And then I had to submit a video of me. Okay. Not of the talk, but but almost talking about the talk. Like what would what, what topic you, would I high level? Yes. And here's like my best tip that I would give to people. I'll so TEDx's usually have a theme. Okay. Um, you don't always know that when you're watching the video online, but it is okay. it is a conference, so they'll have a theme. Gotcha. So the theme my year in the city I applied was systems. Here's my best advice is ignore the theme. Okay. <laughs> Talk about what topic you would want to do and then and then put the theme filter over top of that. Cool. So I didn't think, okay, what system could I talk about? I just went, I want to talk about emotions and authenticity at work and how powerful that can be for our success. And I'll just say system at the end and I'll say, <laughs> and it's about the system we work in. Nice. And I did. And they were like, yep, cool, brilliant. On to the next round of applications. So, wow. but that's my first, like the first phase is apply. Yeah. You don't have to have your talk figured out. I honestly didn't have a clue what I was going to say about that topic. And I would say halfway in, 
I changed completely. Like I threw out what I'd written, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, so right. you just, just throw it out there. Yeah. I think that's huge because people, a lot of times they let fear stop them. And I just yes. come up with so many conversations. People get scared because of the, the failure or rejection or whatever it is. And it stops them from yeah. their potential, what they could. Yeah. I mean, if they would actually try, they could have got on stage, blew them away. And that, who knows, mm-hmm. that changes the whole trajectory of their lives and everyone who heard it. Uh, and so, yeah, I think just taking that step and doing it. Okay. We have to pause because you just yeah. said something brilliant. <laughs> well, I got to write that down. You said yeah, that. write down your own <laughs> words because it was really good. <laughs> Which is when you, when people self-select out, right? So if I'm sitting there going, well, like I'm a personal trainer, like no one needs to hear about doing push-ups on a TEDx talk. <laughs> that one person, even just one, that one person who would have heard your talk and had their complete health changed around. Yeah you've now taken that from them. You've yeah. taken that opportunity away from them. Yep. And that, if you think of it from that perspective, it's like, yeah, that's yeah. so unfair to that one, right. even one person who would have, you could have changed their entire outlook on their health, their de- like their life, because health mm-hmm. is life. Yeah. And now they, now they don't have that. So that's part of it too. Yeah. Cause I think it goes to, so I previously was an athletic trainer before I started this venture. And so a lot of times I found myself thinking, well, I'm not going to say something about that to that person because in my head, like it was, it was knowledge. Like I knew that I needed to drink enough water. It's like, yeah. so they already know they're not going to want to listen to me. Yeah. But we, we forget that a lot of people don't have our position on things, our knowledge on things. And so they're sometimes in the dark. And so, yeah, that, that one person that you're talking about a push-up, they might have no idea that they should have mm-hmm. done it a certain way or done that type. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, I think that's brilliant on that. Yeah, it's it's so true, isn't it? We we so underestimate our own knowledge and skill base, yeah. especially, and this is the work I spend a bit of time on too with my clients, especially things that are easy to us, mm. right? We just are like, yeah. well, I can't, can't charge someone for that because it's easy. Right. It's easy for you. Hence why you should build a business around it, right? Or a career around it or whatever the thing is. Yeah. Just take that first step and apply. Yes. Apply. It doesn't, even if you don't have a clue, even if you're like, but public speaking makes me throw up all over myself. That's okay. Just apply. (laughs) Yeah. Because the other thing is it's just don't let the fear get in because just tell the fear. Hey, look, I can just like call in sick that day if I want. Yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry about getting up on stage. That's not where we're at. That's okay. <laughs> I can just, I can flake out if I want. Right. Like just let the fear know we're not there yet. I'm not going on stage. I'm just sending in an application. I can yeah. do that. That's just yeah. writing some words. So apply. And then when you're, so the next thing really is, and then, I mean, depending on the TEDx. So the one I was in had mm-hmm. three different rounds you had to okay. get through. And again, okay. each round kept making me more anxious. <laughs> so sure. I was like, <laughs> I I am very practiced at public speaking because of yeah. the job that I had in corporate was very like gotcha. company updates and, and that sort of thing. So it wasn't getting up on stage. It was getting up on stage as the expert in a topic I really cared about. Yeah. That really kept me up at night because going up on stage in the past has been like, yeah. Hey, here's the company strategy on learning. I mean, I right. cared about it, but it wasn't personal to me. Right. So anyway, so the anxiety was building, but that's okay. So getting through each round. Yeah. My number one tip on getting through each round uh-huh. is just follow the instructions. I know. Right. Like, you know, wow, I just blew your mind, <laughs> like, but 
In my TEDx, so there was, I think, about 100 people who got through the first round. Wow. And then of them, they had to do um, a 10-minute recorded, like, basically a beta version of their talk. Like, it didn't have to be perfect, but just an example of what the talk, like, the arc would be. You had to record it and send it in. Half the people didn't even do it. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Which is probably normal, unfortunately. Yeah. Yep. For lots of reasons. Things happen. Lives happen. And... A lot of fear in there, a lot of mm-hmm. procrastination, a lot of like suddenly like, oh, I did this on a whim. I don't just, just send it in. Yeah. Let me be clear. The one that I sent in, I recorded from an airport ducked <laughs> behind a plant by the women's bathroom at an airport Perfect. because I'd run out of time because of fear. <laughs> and I had an hour left. I was bored. I had until... 11 p.m. My flight boarded at 11. So I'm at 10 p.m. ducked behind a plant. You can hear flight announcements in the background. (laughs) But I was like, I have to, it's not going to be good, but I'm going to, it's going to be done. And that's going to be enough. That's awesome. That's cool. Right. So that's the next thing is just keep following the process, even though it's uncomfortable, even though it's not the perfect version, because mine was not with flights announced to like New York in the background. just do it. So that's really the second piece on the application is just keep following it through, even though it's not your best work. Yeah. Don't make your best work the goal. Make being done the goal. Yep. None of that's rocket science. No, but but yeah. Does that hit It's It's like so simple. Like I think myself included, like Ted, TEDx talk, holy cow, there's probably like all this form. And it's it's that simple just apply. Yeah. It's letting all that get in our head. Like it's going to be so hard. Like you're going to get weeded out the beginning because you're not Tony mm-hmm. Robbins and yes, like, exactly. So. Like, I'm not Oprah. Like, yeah, no one's exactly. gonna want to listen to me. Yeah, no, I think that's, <laughs> that should relieve a lot of people's stress about at least that part. It's just follow the instructions. Follow the instructions. Yeah, and I will jump ahead for a second. Yeah. So when I met all the other speakers, I mm-hmm. had I had like <laughs> a major imposter syndrome hangover. I was just like, I'm just gonna like. Because I I kept meeting people. They're like, Oh yeah, I've got a show on HGTV, and I'm like. Uh, that's cool though. I've got some YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, the, the next person was like, oh yeah, I run three businesses in Toronto. And I'm like, oh, nice. Neat. So yeah. I had to really manage yeah. it. Even once I got one. through, mm-hmm. you still have to keep managing that fear and managing yeah. the gremlins and all that. So anyways, imposter syndrome. I even teach on this stuff and it doesn't go away. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I was going to say, we always have to deal with it. Even if we're like, teaching about it, teaching about mindset and stuff. And that, that imposter syndrome, I think that man, it just all ties to like kind of fear and like rejection and Mm -hmm. things like, because we look at other people and where they are, it's like, Oh man, well, they're so much better, but like, they've done it a lot longer. Like they put in a lot more time. Like I'm just starting out and it's like, Oh, well they're, I, you, you sometimes forget the work and the time it takes to get Mm -hmm. to certain levels. So I think it's, good to remember that and just be thankful you're in the position like you're in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so true. Isn't it? You like, I know it's the bumper sticker of like, don't compare your middle to someone else's end, but that's a good one to put into practice. That's a game changer. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of preparing, I guess what I wanted to throw out there for you and I to talk about is um, I don't really do my best work when I'm when I'm preparing crazy amounts in advance. Mm. And I know everyone, people hear that and they're like, mm, that sounds like an excuse to be a slacker. It, it's <laughs> truly not. <laughs> I, I love a deadline. Yeah. 
I love, that's just how I work best. And I used to, for years, I beat myself up about it. Right. I was like, why can't I just do it the week ahead? Like, why am I, why am I always last minute? And then it took getting a like that rabbit hole of professional development to realize a, that's just when I do my best work. When I do things weeks in advance, I go to present it. And I'm like, I mean, it's all right, but it's not, you know, and, and just accepting me. And this is how I work. So most of the advice out there is going to tell you like, finish the talk. And this was the advice I got as well. And it is Uh good advice. It's like, finish your talk as soon as you can. And then practice it and practice it and practice it and Mm. do it in front of live audiences, like friends and family, but keep getting, practicing it, keep getting feedback. And that is amazing advice. Okay. And the caveat or the sort of addendum I'll add onto that is know yourself, know how you work. So for me, I did practice it a lot Yeah. and I was open to it changing. I changed Mm. something in my talk midnight before the day before. (laughs) Right. And that's okay. Like I could like for me to just do something two months in advance and then just stick to that, no matter what would have been a huge mistake Yeah, for me. Whereas the way I did it, I did keep practicing it, but I did iterations and I kept shifting it and changing it and editing it. And I never, again, for me, I didn't memorize the words. I memorized the arc. So the day I did it, it was still slightly different different, than my practice. Um, that works for me. That's right. what made me feel comfortable and happy and energetic on stage. So that's the piece too, is as you're practicing, know how you work, know yeah. how you do your best work and do that regardless of what the books and the podcasts right. and what I say, yeah. do your best version of feeling like what will make you go up and feel in the moment, practiced, confident. Mm. What is that thing? So that's what I would say as you're prepping is for sure. Find your best way. I'm, I'm a planner. So I do things ahead right. and, and everything, but like, yeah, you would, st- I would still at least be practicing and tweaking as I go. I get the main part done. So you have the, the bulk yes. of it, but then you can start to trim away, add to, and, mm-hmm. um, whereas my wife, um, she's really good at the deadline. Like she'll have a deadline right. and she'll work just kind of like what you were saying you do. And so just two different people, two different types of ways to do it. And so exactly. Yeah. But yeah. Know yourself. I like that one. Know yeah. how you work, how you present yeah. and what makes you energized. I, I like that a lot. By the way, I'm making it sound simple. It <laughs> is hard sometimes to figure out how you work best yeah, Absolutely, because it does take just for me, it took messing up and going, yep. Oh, that's not how I work best. Okay. Yeah. So yep. simple, not easy. Maybe. Right. <laughs> so you got through the rounds. How big was the, the conference you went to? How many people were there that you were talking in front of? Yeah, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't huge. This wasn't like TEDx New York City, right? right. So it was at it was at the local um what's the theater called? Chrysler Theater. So it, oh, nice. it's a pretty big theater. Yeah. Um and it was so beautiful too. Oh, so that yeah. gate ironically gave me imposter syndrome at the dress rehearsal the day before. And oh, to go okay. up on stage in this like stunning art deco theater, and I'm like, are we sure? Wow. Are you yeah, sure you want cool. me on the lineup? <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. But yeah, so so it wasn't like it wasn't thousands of people, but, still, but it was stretched. Yeah. Yeah, but and it was, it was online? Yeah, so they're online. Cool. So that's another thing. Okay, so yeah. two things that I learned that I wanted to share in case it's useful for you and your audience. So one sure. is the most nerve-wracking part is when the person ahead of you is going and you know you're next to them. <laughs> 
Yep. I was fine. I really, cause again, I am okay public speaking. So I was yeah. fine the day I was like chatting with people, chatting with the other presenters. And then the woman who went before me was up and I'm like, I'm next. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> I'm going to be sick all over my shoes. That's awkward. No. <laughs> so here's, here's the thing though. That's awesome. So what I did is I paced cause I had mm. nerves. I couldn't just sit still. So I paced backstage quietly, by the way, mm-hmm. don't like, Right. footsteps in the middle of yeah. someone else's TEDx talk. And I just kept repeating to myself, you're nervous because you're about to be brave. Mm. You're nervous because you're about to be brave because here's what we forget. Yep. The physiological response to excitement and nervous are the same. The yeah. difference is what your brain makes up about it. Yep. Right. So you, yeah. you see Olympians, this is a perfect example. You see Olympians, they're about to like ski down this ridiculous mountain for yeah. on front of the world's cameras, mm-hmm. right. They're top athlete in the world. And the presenter's like, are you nervous? And they're like, no, I'm excited. I'm like, cause it's the same. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same. It's sweaty yep. palms. It's yep. pit in your stomach, blood rushing to your head, like tons of adrenaline. You're shaking. That's either excitement or nerves, depending on how you, your yeah. brain interprets it. So that was a big thing for me is I was like, I'm about to be brave. I'm about to be brave. I'm about to be brave. I'm excited because I'm about to be brave. Yeah. I'm excited, you know, yeah. that's just trying to like train my brain into Absolutely. seeing it that way, which did help. Yeah. Um, and then you do the talk and you hope you don't throw up on anyone, which I didn't. And I messed up, by the way. <laughs> like I shared the video, obviously, because I was like, I did a 10X, but I'm so proud. And people were like, wow, it was really great. And it was like, you're so confident. I forgot three different parts that I was supposed to talk about. <laughs> I left out a whole section, like, but no one knows that. Yeah. So as you're up on that stage, just roll with it. Just yeah. roll with it. Because no one knows. Would the producers even know? Or are they no. just kind of? No, I mean, they saw me in the dress rehearsal, but they didn't memorize all yeah. 15 people's talks. Right. Well, that's, that's good. So how long did you have on stage? to talk? Um, well, you have up to 20 minutes, but I, I, um, they really encourage you as best you can to try to stay under 15. Okay. Purely, purely because people are, it's just a click thing, right? People are more likely to click on it if it's less than 15. Yeah. So mine came in at, I think 14, 13 or 14. Okay. So it's kind of a good thing. I forgot a bunch of parts. (laughs) Um, yeah. So as you're out there, just like no one has the script. This is not Romeo and Juliet. No one has read the script. Just make it happen. And then the big thing too is share the link afterwards. Like Mm. that's something people forget. It's one thing to have talked live in front of these wonderful people and have made an impact on them. And your talk goes on the TED site and it, you know, it gets shared on YouTube and all of that. And you still have to share it. Yeah. Share it. Ask other people to share it. Yeah, you can put it on websites. It's both on TED, the TED main TED.com, and it's on YouTube. YouTube first, because TED has to, um, they just want to fact check basically. Like they don't want you, they don't want you, even though it's TEDx, they still don't want you blathering a bunch of like lies. It's not really not really what they stand for. So um, so it takes a little bit longer to go up on their site. But yeah, and you can embed it, you can share it. That's cool. Yeah. And just share it because that to me was just as nerve wracking as doing the talk. I'm like, oh. yeah, because now you're going to get more feedback <laughs> from yes. people listening to it again. Oh my gosh. And don't read the comments. They oh, are moderated. Sure. So they'll, they'll get deleted. But I of course read the comments on YouTube, which is moderated oh. much slowly. And I responded to someone, which I shouldn't have done. Uh-oh. I'm like, Oh, why did I do that? Someone wrote, 
oh, another useless female perspective on work. And I was was like, and then of course I, instead of that's their stuff and that's their page, I wrote back, oh, another misogynist opinion. Great. And I'm like, why did I do like, what's the point of that? Anyways. So I haven't read the comments since. And that was over a year ago. Okay. Yeah. A year ago. Yeah. So anyways. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure um, that you got the applause after you spoke. How did that, like, what was that like? Oh yeah. That was weird. (laughs) (laughs) Because again, normally when I talk on stage, I'm doing like a training workshop Yeah. or you know what I mean? People are like, hooray, well done. Thank you for teaching us about presentation. So yeah, it was like, yeah, I didn't know where to look. (laughs) I was like, Thank you. <laughs> but it felt good. It felt good afterwards, especially once I was in my car and I was driving. Away. I was like, oh, that was good. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. It kind of, I wonder, so I ran some marathons and my first one was Chicago. And it's like, you put this time in, you, you're working towards it. Like you're nervous still because it's, I mean, it's 26.2 miles. Um, that's my yes. farthest, but it's like you get there and I still remember um, and I still sometimes want to do races. Like when you get to the end, like you see the finish line, like the emotions, like mm. from everything, like you start kind of get teary eyed and like you feel mm. them coming and it's like, holy cow, like one blessed to be able to do this and, and be able to finish. Mm. But like, man, it's like all the work, uh, you put in and it's come to fruition. So like, did you get kind of any of those emotions? Yeah, I got my, my version of that is like, the urge to like hysterically laugh, like, you know, the laugh you do when you're in a library and you're not supposed to laugh. And then it makes you want to laugh that much louder. That's what I got. I was like, don't burst into like hysterical laughter on stage. Just wait, (laughs) wait until your mic is off at least. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, there was something just really cathartic and energizing and exhausting. And Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's so cool to see people like tackle that fear, like working with people, like, they have passions. They just so scared to start them, but like being able to see them go from that to like mm. actually starting towards that and, and mm. then having that confidence, having that excitement from it, it's like so fulfilling, so cool to see uh, that from people. Yeah. And you know what? I want to mention something about yeah. fear because yeah. I know you've, you and I, I think are going to agree on this one in work. I think very rarely does fear show up as fear. Mm. So, and I've worked with, obviously, because I've worked at large companies and then in my self-employed work, I worked with a lot of, a lot of people. And I've, I don't think I've ever heard someone say, I don't want to present this idea because I'm scared. Usually what it is, is um, I'm not ready. I need to do more training first. I need to perfect it first. I need to run it by more feedback first. Um, I'm not really the person to do it. Uh, you know, I can, we can go on, but I, I think that's something really important as you and I talk about fear, I guarantee you there's someone who's going to either watch this live or watch the replay and say, Oh, but I'm not scared to talk on stage. That's fine. Yeah. Then what are you? Yeah. Because you're going to say, well, I'm a perfectionist or, well, I need to get more training first. Or, well, I need to talk on a smaller stage first or. Yeah. That's all fear. You don't have to call it fear. I don't, I don't need to argue with you about that. That's right. okay. Yeah. Or like I hear a lot, like as soon as, Oh, oh yeah, that's the big one. As soon as I get more training or as soon as I speak mm-hmm. the smaller crowds first. Yeah. 
Yeah. As soon as I get a, the big one and my brain tries to trap me in this, as soon as I have a bigger following, as soon as I have a bigger audience, as soon as they have more email subscribers. Yeah. We throw a different, like a more acceptable filter over the top, but that's what it is. If you could give someone three tips or something to help them start building their confidence and getting through that mm-hmm. fear, what would you, what would you leave them with? Gosh, only three. I can't do I know, it's two, hard. three. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll boil, I'll boil some things down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> One is I want you to be very careful with how you define confidence. Mm. We often think confidence is being totally cool, totally collected, no physiological, anything going on, no sweaty palms, no rushing blood, no, just, Right. Just Zen. That's not confidence. That's complacency. And I love complacency and I build it into my business specifically because it feels good and chill and relaxed. Just be careful that you're not confusing that with confidence. Confidence is sweaty palms and feeling like you're going to throw up and all of that and, and still doing it. That's what confidence is. So just be very careful. You're not going, well, I'm not like my, I'm really nervous and therefore I'm not confident. No, that's not, that's just false. Just scratch that one out. So that's one is be mindful of how you're defining it. Two is make fear your friend Mm. because your fear, like your fear is so obsessively in love with you (sighs) and just wants you to be safe and cozy and in a onesie with a hot chocolate and enjoying things. Fear loves you. So you don't have to make it the enemy. You don't have to get frustrated. You don't, just don't let it pick what you're going to do. <laughs> like yes. it's a, and whenever I like, whenever for me, fear often shows up as like the voice of, Ooh, you're a fraud. Mm. That's useful information for me because I'm not a fraud, but right. there's something there that I need to pay attention to. So I'm like, okay, what, what's coming up right now? And it's either cause I'm about to do something brave mm-hmm. or it's cause I'm doing something that is not in my integrity. So am I writing an email in my tone of voice or in some famous person's tone of voice that I'm trying to copy? Gotcha. Right? Am I saying it the way I believe it or am I trying to impersonate someone who is already has this figured out? So it's either you're about to be brave or you're doing it in a way that doesn't actually align with you. Yeah. Really useful information. So that's two. Be friends with fear because it's got your back. Yeah. It's just, it just is a bit annoying. So (laughs) that's two. And then I guess the third one I'd say is change your relationship to feedback, advice, people's opinion. Mm. It is incredibly useful data. Yeah. It's incredibly useful data. And it is not objective truth, right? So when I get told, oh, you're a little bit too casual of a presenter, that's useful data for me to know that that person's perspective of a presenter is very formal and stoic and, you know, calm and low energy. It doesn't mean I need to necessarily change anything because it's not objective truth about me. It's a truth about what their belief, opinion, perspective is. So just get a little window of light between when what what I often see is people say, well, I got feedback that my pres- my presentation is too long. No, 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 it's not. That person's perspective is your presentation is too long. Are they a useful stakeholder? Are they the people you're trying to reach? Are they someone who has seen other presentations and so understands this enough that you want to take that data and incorporate it? Right. But it, it's not objective truth. It's not like just tease those two apart a little bit. Yeah. 
No, I think that's what I would say. Be be careful how you define confidence and it's Mm -hmm. don't confuse with complacency. Make for your friend. Don't let it choose your paths and directions for you. Mm -hmm. And then change your relationship to feedback because it's not objective truth. I like those. I think those are. Chris, you're good at summarizing my things. (laughs) And I'm, I'm just like, I love just talking. I love spending 10 minutes to take what should have taken 30 seconds. So maybe you and I should team up more and you can. You can like <laughs> edit me down. I right. <laughs> love it. Awesome. So are you planning on uh, going for the big, the big one ever? Do you apply for the big Ted talks or how does that work? Do you I actually, I, I think you, I think based on what I taught, I spoke to someone who's on the Ted committee here. You, you can apply, but it's, it is often by invite only. Yeah. The, the main Ted is, is I invite gotcha. only. You can apply and they might then invite you, but um, but yeah, it's more of a, like a keynote speaker cool. type of situation. Gotcha. Um, but what I love speaking. Yeah, I'd love to. That's one thing that I forgot to mention that I should have. Oh, go ahead. We'll add it in. We'll add, we'll yeah. add it back in. Is um, TEDx is community run. So please don't think you can only apply to your local community. Like our TEDx had speakers from all over, all over our province, like five, six hour drive away. You can... You can just find other TEDx's and apply. They have different, they'll run at different times. Like, I don't want you to think, oh, the TEDx in my local city runs in, in January. So I got to wait and do it then. Oh, I gotcha. There might be one the next town over who's taking applications right now. So know that as well is it is community run. So you can find the different one. Just spend, don't go down the rabbit hole of the internet, but spend half an hour, Google your local towns. Like, yeah. I'm not suggesting you fly to Shanghai for one necessarily, but even locally, just Google them. You'll find the info. It'll be top of the list. And there you go. Like it doesn't have to be just one spot. You can apply to all sorts of different ones. Perfect. No, that's a great, yeah, that's a great tidbit for sure. Well, I appreciate you uh, hopping on today and getting able to talk about TEDx talks, confidence, and just just overcoming that and going after them. It's a great topic. And I think so many more people, have the ability to do that and uh, just kind of need a little push. And so I hope they are listening to this and and can get that push from it. But I I like to ask one question before we go. The fifth trait of pencil leadership is that we're made with a purpose and and that's to leave a positive mark on the world. So when your time here is is said and done, what do you hope is your positive mark that people see? You know what? I think for me, it, it really is around work our paid work mm. can be joyful and fun. We can show up as ourselves and that can be to our benefit, yeah. like success in work because of those things rather than in spite of those things. Um, that's, that's what I, the impact that I hope that I have before all is said and done. I love it. Yeah. I think if, if we had more joy in the things we were doing, I think the world would be a lot better place because people would be happy. Yeah. And the last thing I will add before I yeah. I let you go back to your, back to your world, letting me like just super geek out with you on all of this for an hour. I love it. My, my spouse is probably like, Oh, thank God. She's not talking at me about it now. We make up a lot that we only get to be joyful and work if we're doing our passion. Mm. There's some problems with that. One is maybe your passion should just be your passion. Like if you enjoy gardening, just have a nice garden. You don't necessarily have to monetize it. I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm saying just be mindful that you don't have to turn your passion into a, a business. Sometimes you can just you can just love doing yoga. Yeah. You can just love gardening. You can love taking care of your dog. You can love, 
you can love those things. They don't necessarily have to be how you pay your bills and don't make that a, um, like we were saying before, right. A I'll be happy and work when, right. You don't have to wait. And I'm not saying there's not toxic work environments and we need to be very, you know, I'm not saying your boss is a terrible human being and just go be happy. There are obviously external things in the way for sure. It's just don't make it this goal in the future that you might maybe be able to not hate your job and your work at some point. There are things to be like, you get to be joyful now, even if the job isn't like 100% your strengths and your passions. Get to build some of that enjoyment and joy in right now. Yeah. And that's just like, yeah, leaving the positive mark, like whatever we're at, where whatever we're doing, uh, we can do that. But we have to have the mm-hmm. the inner being, the the integrity of the character, the mindset to be able to do that no matter where we're at. Yeah. So I think that's a huge reminder to me and and hopefully the audience as well. And so yes, I appreciate you being on pencil leadership today is there or where is there a good place that people can connect with you and what you do yeah so i am light up work on all the places so <laughs> www.lightupwork.com light up work on instagram and facebook you can find me there um i do have a few things on my website that might be of use if people are sort of struggling with this fear confidence thing in their career um head over there. I've got some stuff you can have a play with, but that's where you can find me. Awesome. Well, again, Hey, we appreciate you so much sharing and and giving us all this knowledge today. So thank you. Oh, Chris, thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope it brought value to you. If it did, I would love for you to go subscribe, download, rate, and review this show. It really helps me out and also share it with someone and make a difference as a pencil leader.